Hello everyone, how was the day? It's another wonderful Thursday and I'm so excited to be with you on another episode of What Do You Think on Sister FM? I am Okwe Sanyoli. Dear Lord, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for your words that you've been sending to us so far. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are, for your awesomeness. Lord, we ask that as we learn at your feet tonight, you would grant to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that it be activated in us, that we may know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. week we discussed the consequence of lost poor choice. Tonight on the program we will continue our study from Genesis chapter 14 from verse 17. We'll take some reflections on some verses before that but we are continuing from verse 17 tonight as we take a discourse titled Sensitive. Genesis chapter 14 verse 17, I read, I read just the A part. It says, After Abraham returned from defeating Kedalama and the kings allied with him, I'll pause there. Let me take it again. After Abraham returned from defeating Kedalama and the kings allied with him. That portion of the scripture, that verse, really got to me. Abraham defeated Kedalama and the kings allied with him. Before then, last week we saw what the battle was about. There were some kings who had been previously um, subject or paying tribute to Kedalama and then they decided to rebel. Now, four kings against five kings. The five kings were the ones who were trying to rebel, but the four kings won the battle and they took some persons as captives. Now, four kings went to battle against five kings. First, the four kings won. Kedalaoma was the head of the four kings team. It was his troops and that of his allies that captured Lot and others as victims of war. Now, I want to imagine that the troops of four kings was more than 318. That's the size of Abraham's trained men that eventually defeated them. Now, why all this analysis, you may ask? It's because I want us to have a clear picture of what it means when the Bible says Abraham defeated Kedilahoma and the kings allied with him. As people who are imputed with the righteousness of Christ, we are not just winners. We are more than conquerors. If only the righteous will arise, if only we will dust our skills of intercession, if only we will arise again, I believe our nation will defeat insurgents and banditry of all kinds. 
now let's do a little analysis of the war again you may be wondering how come we are revisiting this issue well we are going somewhere and we need to be sensitive verse 13 and 14 of Genesis chapter 14 it says one who had escaped and reported this to Abraham the, one who had escaped came pardon me and reported this to Abraham the Hebrew now Abraham was living near the great trees of Mamre the Amorite a brother of Eschol and Anna all of whom were allied with Abraham when Abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive he called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit. We're going to be looking at some things about the war as we analyze this again. First, we'll take a look at the danger involved. Abraham could be likened to a private security outfit. Now, have a private security outfit threatening the militia of four nations. Well, be it big or small nations, a nation is a nation. So why did Abraham take on that kind of risk? To rescue his nephew Lot. The same Lot who got entangled in the web of mess between the kings due to his poor choice. Abraham didn't dwell on the what ifs, the negative possibilities. What if I get captured myself? What if I don't win? What if I lose my life in the process? because of my nephew. Instead, he probably considered that perhaps God allowed him to have trained men for that purpose. Well, that skill you acquired or that training you have received, keep on sharpening it because you don't know when you will need it. But I pray that when the opportunity comes, you will be prepared in Jesus' name. Although we have no record of Abraham asking God like David if he should pursue or not. But I guess he knew what God would have wanted him to do in such instance. God would have wanted him to overcome evil with good. To risk his life to rescue Lot who did not deserve it. Yes, exactly what Christ did. What God did for us. By commending his love towards us while we were yet sinners. Sending Jesus Christ his only son to die for us when we did not deserve it. To rescue us from the kingdom of darkness wherein we walked in time past. Dear audience, did you notice that Abraham did not make any negative remarks about Lot? He did not brag. He did not nag as he embarked on the journey to rescue Lot, as we saw last week. How often have we been in the position to help someone who had been previously rude to us or who had hurt us in time past? How do we react? If you have never been in such a situation and you are faced with such an issue now, what would be your response? You can drop your comments in the comment box.
as we analyze the war and the battles, whichever one you choose to call it, we'll look at the pattern of the defeat. First, we have seen the danger involved. Now let's look at the pattern of defeat. First, Abram was swift in his response. He had the help that Lot needed and was willing to render it. No waste of time. Abram was humble. He was mature. He had a forgiving spirit. Those are the true qualities of a leader. Another thing is that four defeated five. I mean, four kings defeated five kings. And one group, one troop defeated four troops. I have seen over time that with God, more isn't always merrier. You know the popular saying, the more, the merrier. But with God, it's not always like that. With 300 men, God helped Gideon to rout the Midianite army. When God is with you, all things will be possible for you. And I want to assure you that the mountain you see before you today, with the help of God, it will be made flat in Jesus' name. Many of us have lost focus. We keep thinking that man can help us. But I want to let you know, the act of flesh will definitely fail. Sinaclary can testify to that. It failed in In 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 7, I'll read down to verse 8. King Ezekiel was encouraging the Israelites, and this is what he said. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Ezekiah, the king of Judah, said. The arm of flesh will fail. And if you read that story to the end, Ezekiah eventually won. The man at the pool of Bethesda was in his condition, is in condition for Pardon me, please. The man at the pool of Bethesda was in his condition for 38 years because he thought he needed the help of man. He shifted his gaze from God, the help of the helpless, such that when God appeared to him in flesh to deliver him, all he could think of was still, if only I had a man. In John chapter 5, verse 6 to 9, where we have the story. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, 
I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is scarce. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was healed. He picked up his mat and walked. God is the solution you need. If you need to, a man to accomplish his task, he will raise such a man by himself. Just the way he prepared Abraham for Lord's rescue and Esther for the deliverance of the Jews. Dear audience, have you been in that spot for a long while, waiting for a man, waiting for a call, waiting for that one link? I want to advise you that it's time for you to shift your gaze. Look unto Jesus alone, and sooner than you think, help will locate you. We have seen the danger involved. We have examined the pattern of the feet. Now we are about to look at the welcome. Let's continue our reading from Genesis chapter 14, verse 17b to verse 19. The king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh, that is, the king's valley. Then Melchizedek, King of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. Well, I'll read verse 20 along says, And blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your end. That place shows us that it was God that helped. Abraham. The welcome. After the defeat, Abraham was welcomed by royalty. His service was acknowledged. The king of Sodom came out to welcome Abraham for defeating the troops that earlier defeated their own troop of five kings. And they took Lot and others captive. Now, it was not only the king of Sodom that came to welcome Abraham. Someone else joined in. Another king, who was neither for or against either of the allied four or the allied five. He was around to welcome Abraham. His name was Melchizedek. He was a king and also a priest. His was the first mention of priesthood in the Bible. And that is the realm that God desires for us. For us to be royalty and also to use our life, to render our lives as living sacrifice in worship alone for our God. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 to 6 is, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests, 
unto God and his Father. To him the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That is why Christ died for us. That is why he washed us, washed our sins away with his blood. To make us kings and priests. And we shouldn't live less than that kind of life. Now, Abraham was sensitive enough to recognize the priesthood of Melchizedek. And this prompted Abraham to give his tithe. Abraham didn't give tithe to get blessed. Melchizedek already pronounced blessing on Abraham in the name of God Most High. And Abraham keyed into it further by paying his tithe. Welcome back. Abraham prayed his sight as a form of worship, an acknowledgement of the sovereignty and recognition of God's blessings over his life. He acknowledged the sovereignty of God over him. He recognized the blessings of God. But oftentimes, we cling to Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, where God says, test me with this. Bring the old sight into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. But before then, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 7 to 9, God was chastising the Israelites. He told them that they had turned away from his decrees and they have not kept his laws. He said they should return to him and he will return to them. In verse 8, it says, Will a mere mortal... Okay, before then it says, But you ask, how are we to return? And verse 8 says, Will a mere mortal rob God? Yes, you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In sight and offering. We can see that the Israelites had derailed. They had shut in their responsibilities. So they were caught. The remedy was for the Israelites to return to worship God, and part of their worship was their tithe. He then promised them a reward for them to believe that He is still God and His promises are yes and amen. I'm not saying it is wrong to give tithe, it is correct to pay tithe, and I do pay my tithe also, I believe in it. But I'm asking us tonight to check our motives. Is it because we want to turn God into a lotto vending machine or a sports bet king um, return someone? As in, you just pay and like, God, I, I paid all now, you must do it to know. Abraham was blessed. He knew he had the blessing on him. He gave his tithe. We should give our tithe as our worship, as part of the things we want to do to get to know God better. Abraham's mindset was different. Abraham was used to giving and sharing. He gave a tent to Melchizedek. He was not asked to do so. Abraham didn't think it was polite to just go away after Melchizedek had offered bread and wine. After Melchizedek had pronounced blessing on him, he decided 
to give a tenth of all he had, he decided to pay tithe. He did something that would remain in history and later on become an instruction from God to us. Abraham was sensitive. Continue our reading from Genesis chapter 14, verse 21 to 23. It says, The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the song of a sandal so that you will never be able to say, I made Abraham rich. What an offer. The king appeared to love the citizens more than the goods and possessions. Abraham took the, the goods and possessions just to give me the people. But Abraham was sensitive. If Abraham takes all the goods, how will the people survive? Because the goods and possessions were supposed to be their means of livelihood. Unlike some of us, Abraham did not have a sense of entitlement. Of course, he had rights to the spoils because he was the one that defeated the kings and brought back the people. But he refused to take anything, even though it was offered to him. He was sensitive about the future. He remembered the various pronouncements of blessing upon his life. Remember from Genesis chapter 12, God had been blessing. Abraham blessed him in chapter 12, blessed him in chapter 13. And now Melchizedek just pronounced a blessing upon his life. Abraham didn't consider that offer as an immediate reward of the tithe he just gave. And say, oh wow, my tithe is working. God is blessing me already. No. Abraham remembered the future. He remembered that one day he will finally become great. And he didn't want anyone showing up on social media, blackmailing him that it was not God that blessed him. Ah, it was the good he recovered from the Sodomites that made him. In fact, let's imagine that Abraham decided to take those possessions, to take the good that was offered to him. Do you remember that Lot's good and possessions would be part of the things that Abraham would take? And that would give Lot a chance to say, I've always known it. Uncle never liked me. He always had his eye on myself and that was what caused our quarrel. No wonder he came to rescue me on time so he can get the spoil for himself legitimately. See the way the image of Abraham would have been tarnished. But Abraham refused the offer. Dear audience, the sense of entitlement has tarnished the image of some persons. It is not everything that you are offered that you accept. Don't just live for today. Think about tomorrow. Be sensitive about tomorrow. Some persons have accepted gifts and offers that have made them become victims of blackmail, victims of fraud, 
even kidnaps then someone will tell you we have a job for you here job you never applied for and then you catch the next flight to go and pick up the appointment and that's the trap Gehazi he accepted Naaman's offer and he lost the mantle and inherited leprosy instead Abraham knew that God was taking him somewhere he knew that the promises of God for his life were yes and amen and will be fulfilled. He was sensitive. Welcome back. Thanks for staying tuned. Abraham knew that God's promises for his life would be fulfilled. And he didn't want any man to share in the glory. Abraham's integrity was also on the line. Abraham wanted his testimony to be clean. When some of us share testimonies, it's usually more of an Acknowledgement or vote of thanks. We thank brother so 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 for this. We say, ah, if not for that man. So when that man called me, that woman now gave me this. And at the end of the testimony, you wonder where was God? What did God actually do for you? Abraham didn't want that kind of testimony. He wanted all the glory, all the praises, all the thanks to go to God only as the one who made him. Dear others, it is only the blessings of the Lord that makes us rich without adding any sorrow or any sadness or shadiness in any form. Finally, our faithful God saw the integrity of Abraham's heart. And guess what God did? You want to know. Let's take Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. It says, After this, after all the events, after the defeat, after paying the price, after refusing the gifts from the king of Sodom, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Imagine God promised himself to Abraham. Imagine the Almighty becoming your reward. Imagine Jehovah Jireh as your reward. Imagine the creator of heaven and earth, the omnipotent, the omniscient, the omnipresent God that we serve as your reward. In my opinion, when we talk about ill-gotten wealth, it's not only when you participate in fraud, it also means when you accept what God does not want you to accept. What do you think?
Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask for your mercy in every area of our lives where we have not been sensitive in time past. We ask, Lord, for forgiveness for those times where we have accepted gifts that we should have refused. We ask, Lord, tonight that you open up the channels of our spirits that we may become more inclined and attuned to your still small voice, that we may walk in the ways of the Spirit and live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you everyone for joining in, those that joined on Telegram, Facebook. Thank you everyone. Thank you my dear producer Emmanuel. Turntables is available in print. It's just 500 naira per copy. If you want to be a volunteer, a contact volunteer in your location for the distribution of turntables, you can get in touch with us. It's also available on Amazon if you prefer the e-book. After now, the podcast of the episode will be on anchor.fm slash Kindly subscribe to our Telegram channel for updates. And you can also get the audio of tonight's episode on the Telegram channel too. Don't forget to send your opinions to WhatsApp plus 234-908-615-3600. You can also drop the comment or opinion on the Digital XM Facebook page. And until we meet next time, I am a question, Yolu. Stay blessed. Bye.